0: But you pray for us tonight, uh, Daniel chapter number 11 and verse number 36. The Bible says, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God, and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that That For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces and... A God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him and the king of the north shall come against him with like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon, and he shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and of all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps, but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we want to thank you tonight for this book and we want to thank you for the good songs of Zion that's been sung. Thank you for the choir singing. and Thank you for your presence and the good testimonies I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word, speak to our hearts, and give us ears to hear and to listen to what the Spirit of God would speak to us. Lord, I pray that we would not say anything tonight that would grieve the Holy Spirit. But, oh God, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray your Son would be magnified, and may the church be edified tonight. Lord, help us to see no man save Jesus only, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number 36 tonight where the Bible says, and the king shall do according to his will. And there is a break between verse 35 and 36. You know that uh, throughout these verses of of Scripture concerning chapter 11, as Daniel is seeing this last revelation or vision here uh, that the angel Gabriel is speaking to him, he has taken him into the future and shown him the end of the Persian Empire, the rise and the fall of the Grecian Empire. But now he is fasting uh, fasting forward to even beyond the day that you and I live in. And now we come into the prophecies of all prophecies. I mean, when you think about the king in verse number 36, uh, this is not the same king that was being talked about in verse number 21 down to verse number 35. The king that we preached about this morning was nothing more than a type and a shadow of this king that is to come. And this tonight is none other than the Antichrist himself. It is that beast that the Bible talks about in Revelation chapter 13 that is rising up out of the sea. And we know that his soul twin is that beast beast that rises up out of the earth, a false prophet, and together the beast and the false prophet will perform great miracles, uh, and there'll be great signs, and there'll be deceiving wonders uh, uh, that the Bible says in the book of Revelation will be like as never seen uh, upon the face of the earth before. Now when we think about this text tonight, and we think about what has already been said in chapter 11, and down to verse number 36, and here we are in verse number 36 leading throughout the rest of this chapter chapter, what we really have here tonight is we have history repeating itself, amen? What has been, uh, the Bible says, and Gabriel says to Daniel, shall be again. Uh, It was all prophecy, as we said in Daniel's name, as he stood on one side of this chapter, but you and I are standing on the other side, and what Daniel saw as prophecy, I remind you again, some of that and much of that we read as history, amen? I remind you, as I said this morning, that you could take a textbook, you could take a history book uh, and you could lay it beside chapter number 11 and it proves not only the accuracy of the Bible, but it proves the accuracy of Bible prophecy. Let me ask you this question tonight. If God has been right in chapter 11 for 35 verses uh, and we can prove that through history, don't you think God is gonna be right in the remaining verses of this text tonight? And brother, what I wanna preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on uh, on this subject tonight uh, on when history repeats itself. Amen? When history repeats itself. For that is what the tribulation period is going to be. That is what the Antichrist is going to be. It is going to be all the holocaust uh, that we read about through the corridors of time. Uh, my friend, the tribulation period will be the holocaust of all holocausts. Uh, and when you think about the Antichrist tonight, uh, uh, listen, he is the last Caesar. He is the last Stalin, Uh, he is the last Hitler tonight, Uh, he is the last world power that will rise uh, and will conquer the world Uh, but as soon as we see in this text tonight and very soon after he has risen, he shall and will be defeated. Amen. You see if the Bible proves anything, it proves this. That God wins in the end and those that live for him and serve him are the ones that are on the winning side. You tell me who else. You can cut their heads off. You can burn them at the stake. Uh, you can pin them to a cross. Uh, hey, listen, you can uh, uh, you can beat them with a cat of nine tails. Uh, you can feed them to lions and to wolves uh, and to all kinds of violent beasts. Uh, and they leave this world, uh, but they shall return. Amen. Uh, and when they come back, and when we come back the second time, uh, uh, guess what? We're coming back in all of our glory. We're coming back in all of our splendor. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, don't bother me because I believe every word of it. I believe every jot and every tittle, friend uh, of the Antichrist uh, and the heathen and the hellish crowds of this world. uh, They're going to lose in the end. Uh, Every God denying atheist and every God denying heathen, my friend, will one day bow their knee uh, and they'll bow their head uh, and they'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. uh, And thank God we that are saved uh, will be kicking up gold dust on the other side. uh, singing, my friend, the sweet songs of Zion, enjoying the goodness of God, basking in the sunshine of our Savior's love. You know why? Because as the songwriter said, how can you lose the battle when you've got God on your side? Amen. And so our text tonight deals uh, with the Antichrist. Uh, When we think about him tonight, in Daniel 7 and verse number 8, he is known as the little horn. In Daniel 11 and verse 36, our text tonight, he is seen as the willful king. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 8, he's known as the son of perdition and the man of sin. Uh, We know him in 2 Thessalonians uh, as the wicked one. Uh, In Revelation 11, he's called the beast. Uh, He's given many names. Uh, uh, throughout the word of God Uh, but the Bible is clear in this text as to who he is uh, what his agenda shall be uh, and what his final doom uh, and his final end is going to be hallelujah you see the first two people in the lake of fire is the antichrist and the false prophet and brother when you come to Revelation chapter 19 we know that Jesus in chapter 19 will come back. There'll be that battle of Armageddon. It is not the final battle, but it is the next to last battle when the Antichrist will rally the troops uh, and the false prophet will motivate them, uh, my friend, with signs and wonders uh, and will deceitfully convince them that they're going to be able to conquer the world and even do battle against the very Son of God himself. When that great angel comes down and dries up the river Euphrates uh, and those kings of the east the Bible talks about here in verse number 44 we'll come across that Euphrates River down to the mountain and the plains of Megiddo in the valley of Jehoshaphat my friend there'll be a mighty army like the world has never seen before but it'll be at that moment in that time uh, that my friend the sky will roll back uh, and the clouds will unfold uh, and eternity my friend will invade earth uh, and Jesus Christ himself shall come and will put a final end to the beast and the false prophet. He'll put an end to their doom. He'll put them in the lake of fire. He'll put the devil on the chain gang. And thank God for 1,000 glorious years there will be peace. There will be tranquility on this earth like has never been seen before. You know what's amazing about that? There's not going to be no peace treaty signed there's not going to be no ambassadors going to foreign countries and fields and and trying to diplomatically uh, use diplomacy uh, to win this country or to win that country. No, no. The Bible says, friend, the wicked one's going to be taken out the way and then we'll know in those days uh, as the king of glory comes in, as he walks through that eastern gates of Jerusalem, uh, the Bible said in Psalms 24 that those gates will be lifted up as the king of glory comes in. He will set on the throne of David and he will rule this earth with a rod of iron. It will be a time like the world has never seen. It will be what they have sought after. It will be peace. My friend, from the four corners of the earth, there will be peace in the valley for every one of us, thank God. But until then, we live in a world of turmoil, don't we? And tonight, what we have in this text is literally history repeating itself in a stronger form and fashion. When history repeats itself, you'll note in this text tonight, that it will be more dreadful, it will be more destructive, and it will be more deadly than it ever has been. The Antichrist will kill far more Jews uh, uh, than what uh, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes uh, ever thought about, more than what Hitler thought about. It will be a massacre of all massacres. Uh, Zachariah said that when they come in, they they will ravage the women, they will rifle the city, and those Jews will run to that uh, rose-red city called Petra, and they will hide in the rock and the hills uh, and the caves of that city. My friend, they will seek refuge. Uh, It will be a time uh, of false peace uh, and it will also be a time of of abomination, desolation and destruction like the world has never seen before. Now think about this tonight. Our text deals with the wickedness of the Antichrist in verse number 36 down to verse number 39. It deals with the warfare of the Antichrist in verses 40 down to verse number 45. And then it deals with the wrath of the Antichrist in verse number 44. I want you to note tonight the wickedness of the Antichrist. Notice in verse number 36, it talks about his royal pride. As the Bible said that the king shall do according to his will, he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous and that same word for marvelous uh, is monstrous things uh, against the God of gods uh, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. We see the pride of the Antichrist uh, as we think about the wickedness of this man of sin, this son of perdition. He is going to elevate himself above God himself and he will speak blasphemies uh, like the world has never Seen and never heard before. You say, how could a man get away with this? Well, he will be an intellectual uh, genius, my friend. He will be a military, uh, militarily uh, genius. Uh, uh, this man, my friend, will economically uh, be a genius. Uh, what will happen is, uh, is he will unite the Western world. Uh, he will deceive Israel. He will manipulate the Arabs. Uh, and my friend, uh, he will even be able uh, to come against Russia. And this is a man uh, that for a a period of time will have the whole world at his fingertips but I want to say this tonight he wants the very same thing that Nebuchadnezzar wanted you know what that is it's a one world government and a one world religious system and together the antichrist and the false prophet will bring the world together in a time like they have never seen before The feet of that image was of iron and of clay those ten toes representing the ten confederation of nations that will come together and for a brief period of time they will unite and the Bible talks about that the Antichrist will play a very uh, instrumental role in bringing them together in what is going to look like world peace but he has an agenda do you know the devil always has an agenda tonight and his agenda is a prideful agenda just like Satan's agenda is pride is so satanic. Atlantic. Amen. Every one of us tonight must be careful that we don't let pride get in our heart. We must be careful we don't let pride get in our church, in the pulpit. My friend, listen, even studying and learning is a wonderful thing, but the Bible says that knowledge puffeth up. We must remember how much we need God, how desperately we need God, and how that we cannot do anything without the Lord's help. That is something we must be reminded of constantly. For God said that there's seven Things that he hates uh, and a proud look is what tops the list uh, God said he resisteth the proud but he giveth grace unto the humble hey listen God will walk over a whole lot of our stupidity if you and I will humble ourselves and acknowledge our wrongdoings uh, but when we stiffen our neck uh, and when we harden our heart uh, then God is left with no alternative but to deal with us in chastisement and deal with us harshly amen boy a lot of people has a loud pride to get them in trouble. And the pride of the Antichrist is that he will exalt himself above God. That he will go into the temple and that the end result is just what Nebuchadnezzar wanted when he built that golden image. He wanted to be worshiped. He wanted one world religious uh, system. He wanted a one world government. He wanted to be the superpower, and he was in Daniel's day, but that was not enough. He wanted to be worshiped, friend, and that's what the Antichrist will seek after. He will want the world to worship him and to praise him. You know, I've been in churches, and I'm sad to say this, uh, where the focus uh, will get off the Savior, and the focus will get on somebody else now I want to say tonight it doesn't matter if it's the pastor or if it's the people anytime we go to worshiping a personality over the presence of God and Jesus Christ it is always wrong can I get an amen you know what a man of God will do he'll stop that mess if it ever starts but there's nothing wrong with giving flowers why people are living. There's nothing wrong with giving honor and showing honor. The Bible says that. But there's a difference in in honoring someone and worshiping someone. You see, when we worship God, we worship God for who he is. Amen? When we honor people, it's because of the deeds that they have done, their sacrifice, their labor, their faithfulness. And certainly, uh, that is worthy to do that. But my friend, we should never worship a preacher. We should never worship a personality. We ought to worship God and him alone. Amen. So important to remember that. And we see the royal pride of his wickedness. We see the religious uh, policy in verse 37. As he said, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. He wants to be the image that everyone worships. And then we see here his real purpose in verse 38. As the Bible says, but in his estate shall uh, uh, shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not, shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stone and pleasant things. You know, one of the things that I love about serving God is that he cannot be bribed. Amen. And boy, I'm thankful for that. Because if God could have been bribed, don't you know the devil would have offered him something to have not loved us, to have not saved us. And as the songwriter said, in my hand no price I bring, but simply to the cross I cling. I want to say if there was a payment to be paid for salvation other than Christ and his shed blood, I promise you, you and I would have never been able to have obtained it. But I'm glad that Christ paid the sin debt. He gave his blood. He shed his li- or shed His blood and he gave his life so that you and I can have salvation. And the only thing I can plead is Jesus, amen. The only thing that I can plead is him as the Antichrist will have a purpose uh, and that purpose will be to exalt himself. Uh, but we that are saved know that there's only one that's worthy to be exalted there's only one that's worthy to be praised there's only one that's worthy to be worshipped and that is none other than Jesus Christ himself my friend he has a name that is above every name and you and I when we go to church we ought to go to exalt and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ amen I think you ought to wear your best when you go to church is that right? I think a preacher ought to look like a preacher when he gets up to preach. Somebody say amen. Amen. You don't ever have to worry about me wearing a turtleneck. Amen. Amen. And that's any day of the week, not just on Sunday. I get nervous around men wearing turtlenecks, and if you wear one, that's okay for you, but I just don't wear them. Amen. Amen. Uh, but I don't want to go to one of these churches, amen, where the pastor's up in flip-flops and Bermuda shorts and a T-shirt, amen, and he's got a little shell necklace around his neck, amen. I was taught growing up, if you had, if you had was a man and you had lace around your neck, you might have it on your drawers, amen. I mean, that's just the way I was raised, uh, and I'm telling you, my mom and dad didn't even go to church, uh, but we was taught that, uh, but I'm telling you, we're living in a very uh, uh, infeminate society today, uh, but what I'm simply saying is this, friend, is it? thank God when we go to church we go to worship the Lord can I get an amen right there we go to magnify him we don't come to see what somebody looks like or what they don't look like my friend we come to put our attention on the one who is worthy to be praised amen and so hope I didn't make nobody mad about necklaces but that's how I feel about it somebody say amen God will be good to you for not wearing one if you're a man. Isn't that right? I'm simply saying this. Don't none of you boys do that. Amen. Or a bracelet neither. Can I get an amen right there? I don't know why I'm preaching on things today, but y'all need to hear that. Amen. Don't ever wear, if you listen, don't ever put a bracelet around your ankle or your neck. Somebody say, Amen. If you're a boy, you ought to be a man. Isn't that right? And they need to hear that kind of preaching. But we're looking at the wickedness of the Antichrist. That's not even in the text. And then there's the warfare of the Antichrist. And at that time of the end, shall the king of the south, verse number 40, push in him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. Now, think about this. We're in prophecy now. And what is happening? Is, he is the king of Syria and the king of Egypt has showed up again? I mean, you were to think when Antiochus Epiphanes took them down that that was the end of that, but they rise again in the last days during the tribulation period, and the Antichrist will fight and war against them. And then the Bible mentions in verse number 41 that he shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But now, watch this these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. Do you know that Edom and Moab and Ammon, those are the three most bitterest rivals of the Israelites in the Old Testament. I mean, those are the three nations that most bitterly withstood against Israel and they're coming again in the last days. Now, all of these verses tonight, including the ones we read this morning, There is something that they all have in common. There is something here that history literally will repeat itself in the tribulation period as it did in the Grecian Empire. And you know what that is? That with all these battles that are taking place, even in Alexander's day, in Antiochus Epiphanes' day, and even in the Antichrist's day, you know what the one thing they all have in common is? Is their passing through Jerusalem. When Egypt fought Syria and Syria fought Egypt in those early verses of this chapter, what was so deadly and the reason that Gabriel told Daniel and the reason it was in, in dealing with the history of the Jews? You see, when God writes anything, He always involves a Israel in it. Amen? And when God was giving this to Daniel, the reason it was so important was because whether it was Egypt and Syria fighting each other or whether it was some other country, what was happening in history and what will happen in prophecy for us is that every time they will pass by Jerusalem they will take their fury. They have taken their fury out on the Jews. Why did Hitler hate the Jews? Why did he want to purge this world of the Jews? What did the Jews ever do to Hitler? Not a thing. You know what it is? It was a satanic force working behind that. You say, well, I read that. Maybe you lived during that time. I'm going to tell you something, friend. Listen, there is a there is a satanic force that's always working behind the scenes. And as much as Hitler hated the Jews, listen, and Stalin would have come after the Jews, my friend, had Had there not been an interruption there, but Stalin would have set his sights on that land and he would have surely came down. And don't you thank God uh, for what God did for our nation even in those days. uh, I'm telling you, friend, the the hand of God even in World War II was not just protecting America, but it was protecting those Jews. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Winston Churchill. Amen. And thank God for... Harry Truman. Amen. I'm telling you, it was God that intervened or Stalin would have done the same thing Hitler done had he had the chance. See, the hand of God works in all these events. When they stood there at the cross before they, or at Pilate's Hall rather, and they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our people. God wrote that down and it has been and it will be and the tragedy of this text is is that the Antichrist will murder and will kill millions of Jews but there is coming a day when the last Jew will have died thank God verse 44 talks about the fury of the Antichrist but hallelujah I could shout over verse 45 Because we've been through the book of Daniel for the most part. We've come to one of the most significant verses I think in all the book of Daniel. As the Bible says that he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. But watch this. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. I'm going to tell you one of these days the last blood of the martyr is going to be shed. One of these days, the last Jew is going to die. And I'm telling you, when they gather together in that valley to do battle against the Son of God, what looks like is going to be an utter destruction and massacre What looks like is going to be world triumph and world victory for the Antichrist, the false prophet, and for Satan, that satanic trinity. I'm glad, hallelujah, in just a moment, the twinkling of an eye. Thank God the king, the real king, not the king of the south, not the king of the north, not the king of the Persian empire, not the king of the Grecian empire, not the king of the Roman empire, but the king of ages, friend. He's going to come back triumphantly. He don't need, my friend, and arsenal. He don't need an army. He don't need a weapon. But the Bible said that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that where he shall smite the nations and he'll tread the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. I'm telling you when the Antichrist, when he has reached his max in fury God is going to unleash all of his wrath and all of his fury and thank God he's going to kill the Antichrist. He's going to kill the false prophet. He's going to cast them in the lake of fire. He's going to put the devil on the chain gate and thank God the battle will be won. Hallelujah. God will prove in the last two battles of the Bible in the Armageddon and in that final battle that this is a book. I'm talking about the Bible tonight. The Bible is a book that started in Genesis chapter number 3 that was a war not between Satan and man and not between God and man. But it was a war that started in the garden between Satan and God. And all down through the ages, man was the battleground that Satan has used and will continue to use to try to get back at God. Calvary was nothing more than an outpouring of God's love to mankind. For man is in his innocent state. As Eve was deceived and Adam made a conscious choice, sin and destruction entered into our life and has destroyed this world. A curse has been placed upon it. The devil slithered off with a curse on him and he laughed in the face of man. But God through his mercy and through his grace. He could have left us to the side, killed the devil and let us all went to hell. But my friend, on his way to defeating Satan, Thank God on a hill far away, there stood an old rugged cross and God with an everlasting love not just for the nation of Israel but before he laid the foundations of this world, thank God in the counsel of his own will and in the counsel, my friend, of his own own being God before the foundations of this world had already established a hill, had already made a sacrifice. Jesus was a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He had done purchase mankind. He had done establish the victory. The battle plans had been laid out and God knew every battle that would ever be fought down through the history of time. He knew every king that would ever ascend to a throne and every king that would ever descend from the throne. But in the end, God knew this, that there would just be one throne and there would just be one king and there will just be one people and there'll just be one language and hallelujah I say bless the Lord there'll be no tempter and there'll be no monstrosities and there'll be no antichrist there'll be no deception but oh thank God there'll be perfect peace and perfect harmony and it'll be springtime and throughout eternity enjoying the goodness of God and this old curse that's on these bodies God said, you hang on. I've redeemed your soul. I've redeemed your spirit. But There's coming a day. Hallelujah. God said, a trumpet's going to sound. God said, the body is going to be redeemed. When Jesus comes back, Revelation chapter 5, John said, he wept because no man was worthy to open the book. As John was weeping, One of them elders tapped him on the shoulder, said, Weep not, John, for the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, of David, has prevailed to open the book. I'm going to tell you, he opened the book because he purchased it. Brother, I'm telling you, when he comes back, those seals will have been will have been unleashed. You know why the seals, the trumpet, and the, the vials are, are turned on this earth? The end result is this. It'll be purged. Sin will have been dealt with. Oh, and the Bible says this. I love this. But lady, I feel like just shouting on this. <laughs> the Bible said there'll be a pure language. The whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of God. Brother, there's places around this world that's never even heard a clear presentation. There's people that have been born, lived, and died had never heard the gospel. Never seen a track. Never held a Bible. Never been to one worship service. They died without God. Well, that ought to make... All of us want to empty our pockets tonight to get the gospel to the four regions of this world. But I'm going to tell you on that day, the whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of God. There won't be no place you won't go that people won't know who the king of the world is. Praise God you'll be able to go to West Virginia in the hills of West Virginia. Anybody been to West Virginia? West Virginia. Now those are some hills. Even back in the nooks and the crannies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They're going to know who the king is. On the backside of Africa, they're going to know Jesus is king. In the jungles of Papua New Guinea, they're going to say, oh, we know who the king is. He lives in Jerusalem, the capital. You say, how are they going to know that? All they got to do is look up. Because there's going to be a heavenly Jerusalem. Hovering over an earthly Jerusalem, won't that be wonderful, friend? But until then, we've got to do all we can to get everybody into the gospel. I don't want anybody to be left behind, do you? while we sit in church this mor or this evening, we think about this text the tra- there's a great tragedy in this text, but the truth is we that are saved are not going to we're not going to be here. I't tell you if you're here tonight and you're lost. Friend, you're going to go through things the Bible talks about that has never been seen before. Time would not allow us tonight to talk about those things. But I want to tell you, if you're lost tonight, you ought to get saved. You ought to get born again on this Sunday evening. I don't care if you're a visitor or a member tonight. I wouldn't risk going to hell, but I wouldn't risk going through the tribulation period. said, Brother Gravely, if the church is raptured out tonight, then I'll ask Jesus to save me then. It'd be too late for him. You've heard the gospel. You've heard the truth. you saw that people's going to be saved during the tribulation period, not you. Strong delusions. You'll believe a lie and you'll be damned. It'd be a lot easier tonight to come to this altar and get saved. Wouldn't it be easier tonight to swallow your pride come and accept Christ? I'd hate to be left behind tonight. I wonder why we stand. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I want to face somebody here tonight. Say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm a I wouldn't go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Preacher, if Jesus come tonight, I, I'm afraid I'd be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. Would you pray for me? Is there somebody like that tonight? Would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? You care enough for your soul to let somebody pray for you. Is there one like that tonight? Do you know Christ? Have you been born again? I see that hand. Is there another tonight? Preacher, I'm not ready. I know I'm not. And I don't want to be left behind. And I want you to pray for me. Anybody else? Before Brother David sings, I see that hand. While he sings tonight, if you're lost and you need to be saved, would you come while he sings?